0: Welcome to day one twenty-eight of Shaped by the Word. Uh, we're in our third season, so we're reading through the prophets, and we're taking the prophets in, in chronological order. Uh, so that puts uh, you know Zephaniah, which is one of the minor prophets, and uh, Nahum, which we'll read toward the end of the week. You know, at the front end of announcing you know judgment on Israel and Judah, and uh, you see in Zephaniah again what we you know, saw in the closing you know, pages of Isaiah. You see uh, him emphasizing the day of the Lord, which is a day that brings a lot of hope, but it also brings with a judgment. And you're going to see another pattern you know, with Zephaniah as we read through it in, in, you know, in two days, you know, being one of the shorter you know, prophets. Uh, you're going to see Zephaniah you know, pronounce judgment on the nations surrounding uh, you know, Judah, but then he's going to bring that judgment home to Israel as well. And there's a theme that if God judges the nations, he must certainly judge you know, us as well. And then that's what the writer of Hebrews was talking about when he says, judgment begins with the household of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And uh, in Zephaniah's case, judgment ends with the household of the Lord. And of course, we have the hope that's on the other side. So I'm Paul here with Matt, David, and Katie as we continue reading through the prophets. And today we read uh, Zephaniah. So Matt, why don't you uh, lift us up before we read. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word and
1: thank you for the grace we receive every time we we meditate on it we read it we think about all that you've revealed to us through it as we read father we ask that you would you would use it to to transform us use it to shape us use it to to help us behold you uh, we thank you that you are a speaking god a god has revealed both your heart and character to us through your word and and the great plan of redemption. And so, Father, as we read um, Zephaniah, would you um, use the the message of Zephaniah to turn our, our hearts and our affections towards you? And, um,
0: and, Father, would you be glorified as we read? It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Yeah, We're starting in Zephaniah uh, 1, and we'll read through 2-7. Uh, Zephaniah 1-1, one, one, The word of the Lord that came to Zephaniah, son of Cushai, the son of Gedaliah, the son of Amariah, son of Hezekiah, during the reign of Josiah, son of Ammon, king of Judah. I'll sweep away everything from the face of the earth, declares the Lord. I'll sweep away both man and beast. I'll sweep away the birds in the sky, and the fish in the sea, and idols that cause the wicked to stumble. When I destroy all mankind on the face of the earth, declares the Lord, I will stretch out my hand against Judah and against all who live in Jerusalem. I'll destroy every remnant of Baal, worship in this place, the very names of the idolatrous priests, those who bow down on roofs to worship the starry host, those who bow down and swear by the Lord, and who also swear by Moloch, those who turn back from following the Lord, and neither seek the Lord nor inquire of him. Be silent before the sovereign Lord, for the day of the Lord is near. The Lord has prepared a sacrifice. He has consecrated those he has invited. On the day the Lord sacrifice I will punish the officials and the king's sons and those clad in foreign clothes. On that day I'll punish All who avoid stepping on the threshold who fill the temple of their gods with violence and deceit. On that day, declares the Lord, a cry. I will go up from the fish gate, wailing from the new quarter, and a loud crash from the hells. Well, you who live in the market district, all your merchants will be wiped out. All who trade with silver will be destroyed. that time I will search Jerusalem with lamps and punish those who are complacent, who are like wine left on its dregs, who think the Lord will do nothing, either good or bad. their wealth will be plundered, their houses demolished. Though they build houses, they will not live in them. Though they plant vineyards, they will not drink the wine. The great day of the Lord is near, near and coming quickly. The cry on the day of the Lord is bitter. A mighty warrior shouts his battle cry. The day will be a day of wrath, a day of distress and anguish, a day of trouble and ruin, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and blackness, a day of trumpet and battle cry against the fortified cities and against the corner towers. I'll bring such distress on all the people that they'll grope about, like those who are blind, because they have sinned against the Lord. The blood will be poured out like dust, and their entrails like dung. Neither silver nor their gold will be able to save them on the day of the Lord's wrath. In the fire of his jealousy, the whole earth will be consumed, for he'll make a sudden end of all who live on the earth. Gather together, gather yourselves together, you shameful nation, before the decrees take effect. And that day passes like blown chaff before the Lord's fierce anger comes upon you, before the day of the Lord's wrath comes upon you. Seek the Lord, all you humble of the land, and you who do what he commands, seek righteousness, seek humility. Perhaps you'll be sheltered on the day of the Lord's anger. Gaza will be abandoned, and Ashkelon left in ruins at midday. Ashdod will be emptied And Ekron, uprooted. Woe to you who live by the sea, you Kirithite people, the word of the Lord. Is against you, Canaan, land of the Philistines. He says, "I will destroy you, and none will be left. The land by the sea will become pastures, having wells for shepherds and pens for flock. That land will belong to the remnant of the people of Judah. There will be find uh, there they will find pasture. In the evening, they will lie down in the houses of Ashkelon. The Lord their God will care for them, and He will restore their fortunes." So you have the um, blend again of the judgment and hope. And, of course, you also have a theme, you know, here in Zephaniah, the theme of the remnant, those who are in the humble of the land, the poorest of the poor, and uh, those who rely on the Lord rather than those who rely on their wealth. And, of course, you have that reference in that day of the Lord's judgment, your wealth is going to be, you know, a very little, you know, consolation uh, to you. So, you have a uh, really interesting, you know, passage, you have the largest, uh, uh, one of the uh, most involved... Biographical introductions into any of the any of the prophets. Uh, usually, you just have one generation. You have several generations. The word of the Lord that came to Zephaniah, son of Cushai, the son of Gedaliah, the son of Amariah, the son of Hezekiah, during the reign of Josiah, uh, son of Am, king of Judah. And those two names ought to stand out: Hezekiah and Josiah. These are bright moments, you know, in a, an otherwise very dark history you know, of Judah and Jerusalem, two men that uh, you know, were dedicated to the Lord, although Hezekiah kind of stumbles at the end of his life asking for more days and gets a little bit selfish And uh, in those additional days that he asks for. You know, Beers the sun, going to be one of the worst kings. But, but anyway, you have these two bright moments, but even in spite of these bright moments and momentary turning to the Lord, ultimately the nation will wander far from God and, and will be judged. And so you have that picture you know judgment. You know that's you know that as a part of that.
1: Well, we find a strong development of the day of the Lord here too. Yeah, you know we've mentioned that quite a bit, but you know it, I mean, how striking would it have been if you're an Israelite and you're hearing this, saying, "Surely judgment's not going to land on us. We're God's. It's supposed to land on other nations." You know, and at times we hear the the prophets speak about judgment towards other nations, but here as is really pointing towards. You know Israel and Judah, and saying, "No, judgment's going to land on you because you've re- you've rejected your God. You've turned after other things. Not only do you bow the knee to God, but you bow the knee to Moloch as well." You know, and, and so judgment is coming. This development of the Day of the Lord, yeah, and we see that in the prophets where immediate judgment will come upon Judah, but that Day of the Lord also gets you know picked up
0: in the New Testament as this great day of judgment but a great day of right you, know, you have you have uh you know what we've called you know biblical typology you have an event in, in the past that foreshadows you know a coming mm-hmm. you know a coming event and of course the event in the past is God's physical judgment of the city of Jerusalem you know when it would be you know conquered you know by the Babylonians and and so a lot of these images apply to that but that becomes a bigger Picture or foreshadowing mm-hmm. of of ultimate judgment and ultimate you know day of the Lord. So you have both a near fulfillment and a far fulfillment uh, in, you know, in prophecy, and you have images you know strong images of the past that create you know a vision of even more you know intense judgment you know that's that's coming. And in typical you know Hebrew form, he starts with a judgment. On you know on Jerusalem and Judea, and he'll end with the judgment on Jerusalem and Judea. You might have caught it, you know, toward the end. Uh, we were you know we were uh, pronouncing judgment on Philistia. You have that nice little line, and those of you who are careful to step over the threshold, and of course you remember the story whenever uh, the Ark of the Covenant was placed before you know, Dagon, uh, you know the Philistine you know God, and uh, Dagon falls over in front of the Ark of the Lord. They put him back up. The next day he falls over and he breaks off his hands and his head. And uh, from that day on, those who entered his temple step over the threshold. So you have uh, you have the judgment uh, that God had pronounced earlier on that nation. Now he's pronouncing on Israel. You've adopted the very God that was a God who couldn't even stay upright in front of the altar of a God. So it's a very powerful image. And of course, you swear to Moloch, which you know, uh, Canaanite God and Yahweh at the same time, you're you incorporating idolatry in your worship of God and,
1: and Moloch was so gross. I mean the sacrifice right? yeah. you No
0: know, the human sacrifice was a part of it and uh, and even some of the kings of Israel yeah. and who did that in the Valley of Hinnon, uh, which became the image, you know, in the New Testament of have a place of utter desecration God's you know, God's eternal judgment. Judgment adjustments, not the words. it will be quite, It'll be quite an adjustment, but uh, it's gonna be a little more than that,
2: yeah. um, what you're saying earlier, Matt, about um just how this is speaking about even even the Israelites who thought, okay, I'm safe, you know, I'm safe. The nations will be judged. I'm one of God's people. but um just ch- the beginning of chapter two when when he's saying, um, he's giving them this warning. Before the decree takes effect, and that day passes like windblown chaff, which is a beautiful image. Before the Lord's fierce anger comes upon you, before the day of the Lord's wrath comes upon you, seek the Lord, all you humble of the land, Um, you who do what he commands. Seek righteousness, seek humility, perhaps you will be sheltered on the day of the Lord's anger. I think that just reminds me that, that that we shouldn't grow comfortable and complacent. Um, and just count on, okay, grace, you know, I've been covered by grace. I'm in, I'm in grace, so um, I can do whatever. But no, this is an active seeking of the Lord. Like, look how many times he says that word. He says it three times here, seek the Lord, seek righteousness, seek humility, and perhaps you'll be sheltered um, on the day of the Lord's anger. So I just, it, it's an active pursuing of the Lord um, it's not a passive receiving, which, yes, we have received grace from Christ, and I'm so thankful that it's not something that we have to strive for, but there is, we are actively seeking the Lord um, as his people, and so, yeah, that was, uh, I really liked that, that part of that yeah.
0: chapter. and it, it's, you know, not only a reminder not to be complacent, uh, you know, and simply rest in grace, but it's also a reminder as we look around us in you in judgment and condemnation of others to, you know, come back and look at the beam in our own eyes and sure. uh, you know, to be reminded to humble ourselves, you know, before the Lord mm-hmm. and to allow him to continue his his work in us uh, as well. Mm-hmm. Father, thank you so much, uh, for scripture. We thank you uh for the strains of mercy and grace and invitation, you know, that you hold out for those who are humble and those uh, who would seek after you, to hear you, and to heed the warning. And we also thank you for warnings. Uh, we do sometimes become complacent, and we do sometimes see you know, very quickly fault in others rather than seeing you know, the things in our heart that keep us from you. So, Father, may you uh, use your word to continue your work in our heart and life, and even create a sense of urgency, uh, knowing what's in store for those who reject you Uh, for us to have a heart and compassion for those around us and to both demonstrate and declare the glories of your gospel. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen.